Hey, Chase, and thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, thank you, Fatine, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being patient with me, finding the time. Well, honestly, like everybody I invite on the podcast, this is exactly how it goes because everybody's busy. Everybody's like, I don't like I want to do it, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. And we just make it work. Exactly. Can you tell us where you are? What is something you enjoy doing? And how long have you been a mom? Yeah, so I am located in northern Nevada in Reno, and uh, we've been getting hit with quite a big winter this year, which has been beautiful, but it's limited a little bit of our outdoor time. So we're looking forward to spring. And I have been a mom now to a beautiful baby boy who is almost 16 months old. And believe he's 16 months old. I know, it goes so fast. I mean, people who say that to me, I'm like, um... I don't know if I would say that because the nights don't go fast at <laughs> all. <laughs> you also have two, so there's you know there's that battle as well. I think one baby makes it go a little quicker. That's true. I would yeah, actually, you know, since having two, I do feel like it's a drag. You know, like I'm like I don't know. I'm a little tired. <laughs> I, I feel it. it. I have felt the time. Believe me. <laughs> I believe it. I feel very grateful that one feels like what I can comfortably and wonderfully enjoy and handle to the fullest extent of being a mom. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that having the second one, I was like, well, you have one anyway. Having two is going to be like a little bit of the same and they're going to play together. (laughs) It's going to be nice. It doesn't. It'll work like that. (laughs) Do you think you guys will have any more? I do think so, yes. But definitely, definitely not right now. Yeah, we're we're, we're working through the two. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, let me ask you this question. What were some of the biggest surprises or unexpected challenges you encountered as a new parent? As a new parent, he's made my job really easy as a mom. I think my struggles or challenges were actually before he arrived on the scene. But I anticipated all of these parental stressors that actually didn't really take place. Being a mom with him has been, we found our flow together pretty quickly. So I feel really grateful. Well, that is wonderful. Like, I think being prepared definitely helps the transition, like you said. Absolutely. And I feel like I was preparing for the worst and ended up not needing so many of the resources I thought would be challenges. So I think that preparation did um, support me in it being a lot easier that I felt even if they had happened, I would have certainly been prepared for it. Do you feel like managing, because you are running your own business and you are very active and you charity work a lot and I mean it's a lot for anybody who is by themselves but you add a kid to the story and I mean how do you do it yeah no I that has been um, certainly the interesting part of finding where my priorities are and before my son showed up um, work was definitely a priority I certainly was in my office Um, five days a week for longer hours, seeing more clients. And I definitely made that shift of he took priority number one. So the first thing I did was cut back on my clientele. 
stopped accepting new clients so that I could create more time for him, which helped because I couldn't imagine. And I feel so grateful owning my own business that I could create that flexibility. I definitely miss being in my office and parts of my job, but I know that that time will come back to me down the road. You know, there's going to be a point where I won't have this one-on-one -on -one with him that I get now. And I figure it will slowly transition itself where I get those hours back in my office. Um, he actually joins me for a bit of the charity work. We recently did uh, a, a fundraiser event over at the Elks Lodge and people just love it when he's there. Because he he's so energized and social that he actually adds an element to being able to do that. Uh, the challenging part I would say is I'm also back in school. So those evening classes, which I'm able to do from Zoom, again, creates flexibility, but do miss out on some of those evening hours that I would like with him. So schools posed, I'd say more of a challenge. So you're, you're still doing a lot and you have tailored it in a way that it's around him. But do you feel like your goals and ambitions or interest have shifted? Absolutely. Um, for me, priority one was being a very successful businesswoman and running my private therapy practice. And that was definitely how I identified as myself. And the moment he was this reality kicking inside of me that I was very much about to become a mom, it was incredible how fast that transition took place of him really becoming the most important thing for me and how quickly I was able to step back from that identity. Um, still have it, of course, and do my best at work, but being a mom very quickly became the thing that mattered most to me. And so it was very much about how do I simplify my life in a way where I can pare down working, maybe make a little bit less financially, but have that be manageable so that my focus can very much be the quality time that I get with him. And so there was some, some shifts that definitely took place. Um, I also used to be very involved in acting and theater, and I've completely stepped back from that. And I've recognized that that is just a passion of mine that I anticipate coming back when he's older. So that definitely shifted away. If you had more time right now, do you acting more? I don't know. Uh, I really, the thing I want most is this time together in these memories because I do recognize it will go so fast. So I think even if I had that extra time, I would probably find myself still creating it with him. Do you think you would be teaching him acting? I have no doubt. So he booked a commercial. No way, stuff. <laughs> when he was five months old. My favorite part of this How was I did. How do I not I did... know about this? <laughs> My favorite thing about it is that I did not book it as his mom. They actually cast a different <laughs> mom. So I thought that was hilarious. So he's already a better actor than I was, than I am. <laughs> Amazing. Um, please do send me a copy. I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this, but at the same time, I'm also, do I want this for him? Uh, do I want him to be an actor? So we will follow his his flow. He just thrived on this set. He loved the attention. Um, he had such a ball. So I'm looking forward to seeing that commercial. It's 
So you talk a lot about how much you are working on your relationship with your son and growing it and nurturing it. Do you feel that the relationships with others in your life have shifted as well? Absolutely. Um, so many of my friends prior to becoming a mom were are creative people who don't particularly have interest in family or having children of their own. And they're very independent and worldly, traveling, freedom, fun actor, creative types that love the spotlight being on them. And I did notice that once I became pregnant, there was already a distance. And I recognized my social circle did not contain mothers or families. So it was very much about kind of a clean slate of recreating that tribe and finding uh, a new band of people to connect with. So that has been a little bit slower, but I'm so grateful with all those social activities that my son is already involved in. Um, I'm finding these incredibly powerful, independent, strong, business-minded women that I feel energetically very connected to. But it was a, a fresh start for sure. I would say that was probably the biggest shift was the social element once I became a mom. I mean, it is a recurring subject, probably one that just comes back every episode. It's hard to keep up with the, your initial circle because of that. And yeah, like you said, you have to learn to create a new tribe, find your new people to be together in this adventure. At the end of the day, I feel like you meet people that need you as well. So it's kind of rewarding to be there for each other. Absolutely. And there's also, I think, a, a flexibility and a patience that we understand as a mom, just like you were talking, even finding time to get your guest on the podcast, that we give each other so much more grace and understanding if we cancel lunch for the fifth time because we know it's not personal. And sometimes if people don't have kids, it is really hard to understand um, how quickly it can change or how difficult it is to carve out that very specific hour of everything falling into place of knowing you will be able to go or be free for those times. So I do love that there's that automatic built-in compassion, patience, and understanding that comes from being with a tribe of other mothers that doesn't seem to transition as well to what I've recognized just in my friends who don't have kids. Um, if I don't necessarily get back to them right away or, or have not been able to make plans for the third time in a row, maybe they don't understand as much that it's not personal. Yeah, and something that baffles me sometimes is people who don't have kids, how little they know about kids and they would say things like oh let's meet up for dinner at 7 p.m and i'm like yeah i mean i'll try but it's bedtime so it's a little tight you know like it's right in the middle of it but let me see what i can do and like oh why don't you bring your kid and i'm like okay we really need to talk because this is really not working Absolutely. Yes, I've been invited to many things at 8 p.m. and I just blink at them and go, I, you don't know at all what 8 p.m. looks like. 
I'm like the other day I was talking to a friend I was like okay let's do it's like I really want to see your kids and you know let's do a lunch together this weekend I'm like okay let's do lunch 11 p.m uh 11 a.m this restaurant She's like 11 a.m let's do like 1 30 p.m and I'm like okay <laughs> nope <laughs> I guess that is something that changed for me too there's no more dinners I used to be a much more a night owl than a morning person and now socializing is very much uh breakfast or lunch would you like to go to breakfast or lunch yeah it's definitely a shift um but I mean you're still at the beginning as they grow a little bit you start and that they fall into a routine um definition of a routine at this stage is something that works for a week i would yes. say you know and then the week after that they're sick and then the week after that is daylight saving then anyway so let's take it one week at a time and you're like okay i think i can do this i can schedule a dinner and so you'll be able to do dinners but like one out of three you're you're you know you planned everything and it's you think it's gonna work you're getting ready and they wake up and you're like <laughs> And then there's the other element of, oh, that's on my schedule. And now I have an hour to myself. Do I do I really want to go or am I too tired to go? Gosh, I just I could really just sit here quietly. Yeah, that is the ultimate struggle because, you know, how much stimulating it is during the day to be with a kid. Even if you do want to go out on a date, even with your friends or whatever it is. Sometimes I have uh, Aikido class, really want to go. But my body is wanting peace and quiet and just doing nothing. I have found the thing that has supported me most just in terms of my mental health and physical health is I have to have some sort of a routine, something I can count on even in the unpredictability of things changing for my son and his schedule. And so I really have a voice inside of me that says, go no matter what. Yeah. And I've never been disappointed when I've gotten myself there. It's easy to talk yourself out of it, I think, beforehand. But having a dedicated routine for me, I have found has been really helpful. What is your routine? So uh, my morning routine is mostly with my son. We cook breakfast together. We certainly spend that time together. And he does go to daycare. And I'm so grateful for the amazing place that we have found. It's and once he goes to school, I usually spend some time for myself, meditating, having my cup of tea, getting myself ready to be with clients. And then I have an exercise routine. I particularly like Bikram yoga. So I like the hot, sweaty yoga where you really can't use your mind. I think the heat takes over at some point and reminds you to just be in your body and to be in this moment and give back to yourself a little bit. And then uh, my favorite time of day though, is I have to say at night, it's bedtime. So it is hard for me to make any commitments in the evening because I, I do feel that I'm missing out on those moments of bath and brushing teeth and bedtime stories and then watching him eventually peacefully nod off. <laughs> Okay. And then what is your evening? When you have time, it's your time now. It's just for you. I guess that is something that has shifted as well. I used to watch a lot more television or movies and I find it's just not something that interests me anymore. So usually when I get that time, I like the quiet and I'm very much into reading now in a way that I wasn't 
uh, in the past. So I used to kind of brain drain more with television or Facebook, TikTok, just swiping away. But now I'm really enjoying this continued education process of either something for school or just quietly reading a book. That's amazing because I have had the same feelings lately. It's it's actually quite new. It's been maybe since the beginning of the year. And I mean, same. I used to watch a lot of TV mm-hmm. shows and I'm always like waiting for the next episode and things like that. But lately I do crave peace and quiet at the end of the day. And I've been reading nonstop, just book after book, not necessarily educational, just and it actually pretty easy reads, you know, like just to keep the evening light, if that makes sense. And it almost feels like reading a book is this lost art nowadays. It's so easy to flip on the TV and do those marathons. And I think there is something about the quiet and it's almost meditative that it doesn't really matter what you're reading, but just that kind of stillness in self. Yeah, and I think it matches a little <laughs> bit the lifestyle um, that I at least lean towards, you know, quieter, less hectic in general. Yeah, it's it's so that's been a big shift for me because I can't say I was a very big reader before, but I find it so enjoyable now. So what do you think is next for you as a woman now that you are a mom? I think I've been focusing on that a lot lately, uh, especially after I've been reading a lot of these very existential books at the moment. And it's really about happiness is found in meaning. And that when we have that sense of meaning and self-focus and purpose, we can really handle whatever is coming in our lives. And so certainly getting him off to the right start was my initial meeting, meaning and then maintaining that. But now I do think it is a matter of kind of refocusing on what that means to me. And what seems to be coming up is community. Getting back involved with charity work, uh, fundraising, supporting groups of people and creating more time to connect with others that are like-minded, that think of things not so much from a perspective of self, but the greater whole, really giving back and creating space for others to do the same. Is there a specific way that you're thinking about or just in general? So before I used to spearhead and I was very much the organizer and the centerpiece, and I recognized that would probably create much stress and too much of a time commitment and pressure so really just doing what i can to support others who are doing that work so less of a leadership role i think now that i'm a mom and more in a support boots on the ground helping those who are paving the way um so i love there's an all-female full contact football team that we have here who are champions and they're right. They are many of them single mothers, part of the LGBTQ community. They are just incredible women. So doing fundraiser work with them to help them travel and spread the word and be role models for other women and young girls and children. And then recently I've reconnected with the Elks Lodge to Uh, do fundraising for um, children in foster care and our local veterans. So I think for me, it's more just showing up as a volunteer rather than um, 
needing to design it from the ground up. I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything all at once. And then sometimes it's hard to start it all. So I think recognizing where someone else has already done the work and just being a supportive piece in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes we just don't know where to begin, but finding out where someone is already doing this meaningful work. And even if it's one hour you're putting in and making it work for you in a way that isn't an additional stress or pressure to what it, what is already the expectation of being a mother. Well, now that you know more about what it is to be a mother, what is an advice you would give to your younger self? Trust your instincts. I think there's so many outside influences. There's, you know, read all the right books and take all the right classes and parent in all the right ways. And everyone has advice and opinions and they're lovely and wonderful. And I think they're all incredible tools to have in your toolbox, but your kid will tell you the way that's right for them. And if you really trust your own intuition and instincts, I think it's much easier to find that flow. And sometimes we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves thinking there's a right way to do it rather than just a being present in the moment and giving yourself space and grace and patience and persistence every day to learn it as it unfolds. Because I think I'm sure as you know, as a mom, there really isn't a manual for this job. Yeah. And what worked yesterday won't necessarily work tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of that, do you feel like there is something that you would do differently? So I think, as I said earlier, my, most of my pressures came pre, you know, getting pregnant as opposed to um, being a mom. So I feel like that's navigated so well. Yeah, absolutely. So I did uh, the IVF journey as more of uh, kind of a single parent as a woman reaching into my later 30s, recognizing there is this real pressure and timeline that does say at some point it's kind of a now or never moment. And I think that is a really challenging decision that a lot of women have to face nowadays in the working world who have spent a great deal of their time either going to college or building up a career, saving money, buying a house that if you are one of those women or even just waiting for that right relationship and partner we can end up facing that challenging decision of if you want it, do you have to make the leap and make it happen now? And I feel that's where I ended up with needing to make this decision. Otherwise, I might not have the option of being a mom. And IVF, I think that's where I was the most naive. I anticipated, I knew, prepared myself how tough it would be hormonally, medication, injections. I did not prepare myself for the losses along the way. Um, It was definitely not seamless. I lost uh, several embryos into miscarriage before my son arrived on the scene. And I think that shook me the most because I thought, oh, IVF is a science. You do this, you do this. Here's the perfect timing. Here's your beautifully healthy embryo. Congratulations, you know, the moment you're pregnant. 
And that's what shocked me the most was the losses. And I think women or even society doesn't really speak enough on this matter of how completely common this is, whether you're doing IVF or not, and that it does seem so taboo or uh, hopeless. And I was really grateful to be surrounded by a team of people that I could lean into that had had these experiences or who could hold my hand and support me as I went through it. But I think that's where I struggled the most. So I wish I could have been more patient, understanding with myself and more compassionate through those losses. Um, But I almost thought there was something wrong with me or there was this kind of punishing aspect of it not going smoothly when I had seen the journey happen so easily for other people. And being so much more compassionate of how miraculous it is that any of us get pregnant, the the perfect environment in which this miracle happens and trusting it a lot more than I did. It was a very stressful process and I wish I could have been a little more mindful and calm and loving through it because it, it ended up being really tough. Um, but grateful that I stuck through it and ended up where I am today. I think it's really brave of you to be so honest, to share your experience. And because this is what this is about, being vulnerable and showing other moms that you're not alone and it can happen many different ways to all of us. And that's okay. Absolutely. And really finding somewhere or someone to lean into and trust and talk about it, that it isn't something to hide away from or avoid or isolate. I think that's one of the worst things you can do in those situations. Even if it isn't something you want to share with your friends and your family, sometimes IVF is a very private or personal journey. I very much encourage either a spiritual support group, church, a therapist, someone you can tell all of those details to as you're going through it so you're not doing it alone. Is there any way you could have prepared yourself for it to be a little bit easier on yourself? I think I put a lot of pressure on myself and the expectation that it would be easy or that it would just happen. And I think I didn't do the best job of cultivating an environment of support from the beginning. So I didn't surround myself with the compassion, support, stress relief, the calmness that I needed for how difficult that journey was until I was already very much in it and had already had a loss or two under my belt. So if I could go back, I think it would have been lovely to have more of that support from the beginning to not do the journey so much isolated alone with the expectation of ease again thank you so much for i think that goes for so many things in this journey that having support around you the space to be vulnerable is so important absolutely and i think uh, i felt personally just kind of as a successful woman who has had many accomplishments that i can be proud of i 
expected to have that same kind of control and success and abilities in this decision and really being able to relinquish that control and trust a lot more, I think was what I learned from my journey. In a way, it makes us realize how vulnerable we are, even if we think we're strong and that we have a great hold on our emotions. I think being a mother really opens up your vulnerability in good and bad. Absolutely. And I think being pregnant also brings to the surface any old baggage you haven't resolved. I see this again and again as my office, in my office just as a therapist working with pregnant women. I think going through the journey of pregnancy, that baby is going to force you to unpack everything before they arrive on the scene. I think a lot of it comes up even during the pregnancy journey of emotions, feelings, shadow and light, uh, the way you were raised or parented. And I think there's a lot of healing that comes from unpacking it and letting there be a new path, a new journey as you transition into becoming a mom. Definitely. I actually have been to therapy for the first time ever last month. Beautiful. And yeah, and it was wonderful, honestly, because I've always been this person. I really can control my emotions and talk about them with my friends and with my husband and I'm pretty open about how I feel but lately I started to realize that I had some things that felt like I was pushing them down because I didn't want to deal with it or I was just too busy or too tired to deal with it having to do with being a mom and thinking about my mom and things from very long time ago just resurfacing for some reason and I just didn't know how to deal with it all of a sudden. Isn't that amazing how it all kind of surfaces? I think that's another wonderful point of not just having that support in the beginning but having that constant check-in for yourself even if things are fine it can be that point of rest, accountability, support that's just there if you need it, when you need it, as these things surface. Yes, definitely. And that's exactly what it was. I went in and it was, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. It was my first time. And it was just one hour of me crying my arms mm. out, just telling. Yeah, it's almost really it's nice. mental detox of checking in, uh, you know, as important as a nutritional diet and support yeah. for ourselves. So I just acknowledge you and think that that's so beautiful that you recognize that for yourself and allowed a space of release where we don't necessarily want to burden our partners or our families or can't go into those vulnerable spaces because they're too private to share with everyone and let that be held in a very professional setting with someone whose job it is to hold it for us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. That is going to be it for me. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being so open about things that are not easy to talk about. And I hope it gives the space to others to just talk about it when they need to. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. This was such a treat for me to share. And 
explore these things again in a different way. It's been a while since I've looked at them. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night. Hey, thank you so much, Chase. And oh, we'll talk very very soon. That was Chase McKenna. And I want to take a moment to thank her for being so open and honest with us today and for the great conversation. Until next week, take it easy. Yeah.